Hey, this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. We all have a voice. (laughs) Starting emotional already. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Rob. Uh, We want to say thank you for letting us have your platform today. We're really excited. It's been fun for two weeks. This has been bubbling, you know, and so it's going to be good. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, so we're really excited. Um, We were approached by Pastor Rob to discuss Stand, and he asked us to pick a Bible character, and we both chose women in the Bible. A Bible character that simply trusted and never doubted what God was doing in a situation. And for me, I didn't really have a question about who I was picking. As soon as I found out that this is what we're doing, I was like, Esther, that's the one. That's the one I want to choose. But Chrissy Not didn't me. have the same experience. I texted her, okay, I'm going to do that. No, 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 I'm going to do this one. No, <laughs> it took me a little while, but I got there. <laughs> and it was so fun. Um, for me, thinking about Esther, like she was a young girl you know, just living life whenever everything changed. And, and um, reading this story, I just saw different things every single time that I read it and yeah. things that I had never thought of before. And just reading it verse by verse and just being like, okay, God, what, what was happening? Because it's, it's kind of a chaotic story. So I'll go um, and yeah. start with Esther. Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting book <laughs> because... God is never mentioned in the book of Esther. It's one of the only books in the Bible that God isn't directly talked about. And so I was like, okay, Lord, what, what are you saying through that? And what he said was, you know I was there. And I was like, okay. And he said, because you know my character. Amen. And he said, because you know who I am and you know my nature and what I do, that's how you can read this book and know that I was there. <laughs> and what he said was, there's people who have situations in their life where I don't feel like I felt God in that situation. I felt like I was alone. I felt like that time when I was 12, when that thing happened to me, or that time a week ago where I felt like I was walking through alone, even when I was asking God. He said, I was there, just look back. If you look at my character, you'll know that I never leave you, I never forsake you, and I love you with everything inside of me. That's good. So I just wanted to say that before I get into the story, but Esther, what a pioneer, what a, she's just a legend, honestly. (laughs) Um, And sometimes I I was listening to the book of Esther, and I was reading it, and one of the things that I realized was, oftentimes when we're kids, we see the story of Esther as a beauty pageant. (laughs) That's what it was. That is not what the story is. It was not a beauty pageant of whoever was the prettiest, that's who the king chose. That's not what happened. It was a situation where Esther was forced into going into the king and she had to sleep with him and then he chose one of the girls. But the interesting thing about that is that Esther didn't decide to go there. She had to go. He called all of the virgins in the land and said, you have to come do this, right? Okay, so that's just, I don't know, that would make me uncomfortable, I'm just saying. So she had to do that, but also with that, she was called to do something that was outside of what God intended. Like she was called by the king. 
and God changed that. But if you look at the story, she had to go sleep with the king, which we all know that God's design for sex is in marriage. So she actually was called to do something by the king that was outside of what God's intention was. And I can't even imagine as someone with the moral standing that she had doing that. Like, that just blew my mind. I was like, can you imagine what she was going through in her mind and knowing that if the king doesn't pick me, I'm outcasted from society now. Yes. I'm, I'm done. And so she had to stand on knowing, God, you have to use this situation because if you don't, I'm done. Like, my life isn't what it could have been because this situation happened that I didn't choose. But it's interesting in verses 8 and 9, it says, As a result of the king's decree, Esther, along with many other young women, was brought to the king's harem at the fortress of Susa and placed in Haggai's care. Haggai was very impressed with Esther and treated her kindly. He quickly ordered a special menu for her and provided her with beauty treatments. He also assigned her seven maids specially chosen from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maids into the best palace. She had favor. From the beginning of the story, before anything ever happened, when she went into that situation, she had favor. God said, I'm going to show you my hand in this. I'm going to move. I'm going to, I'm going to show you that you're favored, that you're loved, and that I'm taking care of you even in a situation that looks confusing. Um, in chapter 3, verse 10, it says the king agreed. So Mordecai had done something. Sorry, I'm going to go back a little bit. In the end of chapter 2, Mordecai had saved the king's life just in a nutshell. So we're going to come back to that later, but remember that. So Haman went to the king and he said, we're going to kill all the Jews. That's it. But the king didn't know that Esther was a Jew at that point. And so Haman convinced the king that this was going to be this great thing and they were going to get all of their money and all of their belongings and all of that. And the king agreed to that and he removed his ring from his finger and gave it to Haman. He, he switched the authority. He didn't have the authority anymore. He gave that to Haman. And Mordecai found out about this and he was like, we have to do something like this was after Esther had already been chosen as queen. And he's like, we're not just going to let this happen to us. And Esther said to Mordecai, when he brought this to her attention, she said, go and gather together all of the Jews and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything his, as Esther had ordered him. There's something about, instead of just waiting to go see the king, they did something in the waiting and they fasted and they prayed and they said, we're not just gonna sit here. We're not just gonna let this situation be what it is. We're gonna work and we're gonna say, I'm gonna work in my waiting period and I'm going to go and I'm gonna prepare and I'm gonna fast and I'm gonna seek. What does God wanna do through this situation? It's interesting in chapter six, it then goes back. So Mordecai had saved the king's life and he didn't receive any honor for it at all. And um, the king found out later, he said, what reward or recognition did we ever give Mordecai for saving my life? And his attendants replied, nothing has been done for him. And that completely wrecked me because Mordecai honored the king even when no one saw it. And then when the time came, it completely changed the whole situation of everything else. It was one little situation in Mordecai's life who just happened to be related to Esther that changed the outcome of the entirety of his people because he was honoring in the time whenever it meant something. So in chapter eight, this is where I was hanging out in chapter eight, 
In 8 verse 2, the king had took off a signet ring, which he had taken back from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther appointed Mordecai to be in charge of Haman's property. The power switched again, and it switched to some, someone who had an influence. And I just felt like the Lord was just saying, I've given you my influence. I've given you my power. I've given you the ability to walk into this world with my authority. Mm. I've given you everything that I have. So there was the decree that the king had made to kill all of the Jews. And we know that in this time, the king's decrees couldn't be revoked. Once they were set, they were set, even if he regretted it. That was it. And um, so whenever Mordecai came into the situation and he was given some authority to make this, he couldn't say, you're not going to try and kill the Jews. Because, he could, because it was already set that the Jews were going to be attacked, right? So what's interesting is in chapter 8, verse 11, it says, The king's new decree gave the Jews in every city authority to unite and defend their lives. They were allowed to kill, slaughter, and annihilate anyone of any nationality or province who might attack them or their children and wives, and to take the property of their enemies. They were commissioned to fight. He didn't come in and win the battle. He didn't take away the attack that was set for them, but he commissioned them and equipped them to win the battle. And that just like, I think there's people in your life where you're waiting for God to come in and change your entire situation, but he said, no, I'm equipping you to go fight. I'm equipping you to do it yourself because there's something about when you know you can't do it and you trust in him, you know that it's him. Amen. And whenever something just happens, sometimes we just pose it as coincidence. Yeah, yeah. When that's not what happened, he said, I want you to fight. I want you to use the things that I have given you to go win your battle. Yeah. And um, standing. So that moves to standing because we have to stand on a word. Amen. Yes. And Esther knew her God. Yes. She knew that she had a God that wouldn't leave her, a God that was going to fight for her, a God that was going to save her, even if it took her surrendering everything to the situations around her. And sometimes we feel like we have nothing. But God says, I'm equipping you. I'm calling you to stand on a word. I'm going to give you a word that you can never even question. Amen. That's so good. But you have to stand on it. And it's, it always takes action. Standing isn't something that just happens. Oh, I just showed up to church, so that's me standing. No, it's not. <laughs> because if you showing up to church is the only time that you're spending time with the king, then it's going to be pretty hard to stand. Yes. You have to stand with him every single day. That's right. Praise God. Well, I'm going to wander as I tell you. The reason I think I had such a hard time, and I, I, I love how God brought out for Caitlin, this young woman, and it reminds me of Caitlin. Um, young, the innocent, who is going to her heritage, and you can see her going far in Christ. And so when I went in, I was finding all these women. You know, you got Timothy's mother and his grandmother, and you got Anna the prophetess and every Mary you can think of, and Martha, and you know. Then we go into the Old Testament, and I tell Caitlin, I thought Noah's wife. You know, all it says about this woman is she went on the ark and back off the ark. Okay, but think of what she had to be like. She had to be so strong and there's a saying in the world behind every successful man is a woman and that had to be her right because they talk about you got Job's wife 
You know, this guy just lost his family. He's got the boils. And she says, why don't you just curse your God and die? Cool. You know, this is the kind of wife to, mm, thank you very much. Then you got Jezebel and you have uh, Delilah. And you have, but he didn't talk about Noah's wife. And I think she was just such a strong woman. So as I'm going along here, no, I'm going to do Hannah. No, I'm going to do Anna the prophetess. You know, this woman was waiting for Jesus. No, Rahab. And, you know, another, I'm getting emotional, but Esther Rahab, a woman who was kind of beat up by the world a little bit. But the funny story about this is, okay, open my Bible, I'm going, Rahab. Now, I got saved 50 years ago, right here. 50 years, I've been, oh, I'm sorry about that. Here in the Bible, I've been hearing about the walls of Jericho. Have a book in our home, a little wood book. The thing comes down, the king comes tumbling, the walls tumble. I've heard about Rahab. I've heard how she did this. She took the guys, she did them all, and they're the same story. I never knew that. 50 years, I never, what was I at? I don't know, I guess in the New Testament more than I should have been. So this story, as I'm reading, pop, wow, it just became so alive. So you're gonna have to listen to me read, but I'm gonna interject in here. Um, she did a little better at that, but I'm gonna read because it's just, it's too good not to. And um, so then we'll just keep going. So we're going to Joshua 2, um, New King James Version, and we're gonna start with verse one. Um, it says, now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men to spy secretly, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. You know, clues all over for me, didn't catch on. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. I will let you do your own Google and whatever search engine you use to find out what a harlot means. I'm not gonna get into that. Um, that'll be your call. And it was told the king of Jericho saying, behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king sent to Rahab and she said, bring out the men who've come to you who have entered your house for they have come to search out all the country. She took the men, she hid them. She then answered the king, yeah, they did come here, but they went out and I don't know where they went. Um, but if you go quickly, you can overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax which she had laid. Um, so the men of the area of Jericho went out and they, when they went out, she went up before the two spies laid down. She came to them on the roof and said to the men, I know the Lord has given you the land. I love this, okay? In her career, whatever you wanna call it, I'm sure she had many special visitors and the gossip and she knew. So, okay, so she's hearing, I know the Lord has given you the land that the terror of you has fallen on us and all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. I want you to remember that faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan whom you utterly destroyed. And I love this. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. And spare my father, 
my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all they have, and deliver our lives from death. So they answered her, our lives for yours. They're gonna start telling her specifics of what she has to do, all right? So our life for yours, if none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. So this is my heart when I didn't put Jericho and I didn't put Rahab together, and I read this scripture right here. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall. She dwelt on the wall. The wall comes tumbling down. I mean, she's on the wall. And I went, oh my gosh, what more did this woman have to simply trust as we get on into the story and never doubt? She's on the wall. Now, Let's go a little further. So the men said to her, we will be blameless of this oath which you've made us swear unless when we come into the land you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down and unless you bring your father, your mother, your brother and all your father's house to your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street if they left the house, you know, his blood shall be on his own head, and we're guilt, not guilty anymore. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from your oath which you made us swear. They didn't tell her when. They didn't tell her how. But they told her what to do. All right? Now, this next part is really good. Then she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed because she had told them exactly what to do to get out of there to be safe. And she bound the scarlet cord in the window. Now, she could have laid that scarlet cord on the table and went about her business. Immediately, she decided to stand. She put that scarlet cord right in the window. That's her first moment of simply trusting and never doubting. She was not an Israelite. But she had heard how God had come in and would just, this is where I think people, as like we shared the other day, get messed up in the Old Testament because they think God goes around killing. He told them, if you're on my side, you have all this. If you're not, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to take care of my people, you know? So here she is. She's standing. She's, she has never, but she wants to be on the side of God because she knows and she's heard that he's going to wipe them out and she wants to be behind God not in front of him so here's her first moment of standing she immediately puts that scarlet cord out now we're going to skip down to 24 to 24 and they said to Joshua truly the because they went back Truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. For indeed, all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. That's exactly what she had told them. She shared with them they were faint-hearted because of us. And now I'm going to give myself a little here because after you read that, we have chapter 3. They go into Israel, they cross the Jordan. Then 4, they made memorial stones. And then 5, they circumcised people. Hmm. So 5, 8, so it was when they had finished circumcising all the people, they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. So I have a lot of break in there. Why I didn't put the two stories together? <laughs> yeah, or we'll say I do anyhow. So here she is. She's standing. Come on, Mama, Daddy. Everybody has to come into the house, okay? She's standing. She has a scarlet cord. You know, come in. Her business, her career probably went on hold because when you find out what that means, you're probably not going to want to have that when you got your mama and your daddy and your brothers and your sisters and all their household in your house. Why not happening? 
She didn't know when it was going to happen. She didn't know how it was going to happen, but she knew that scarlet cord was out her window. She had to simply trust their words. And, you know, it could have been two steps away. They could have turned around and came right back. She didn't know. It could have been three years. But she had everybody here. Don't go outside. You know, come on, Junior, get back in here. You don't know. But she's on the wall. She has a window because she let them down. She has a roof. So we're going to go back to the two spies and the people coming in. So chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out. None came in. That anxiety, I think even um, like, you know, even Esther's people, anxious at that last moment, you know, the, she had to be like, well, I guess I shouldn't say my family, but I know probably our family would be like, um, yeah, I just, I just, I don't know if I trust you. I want to go out. No, we have to simply stand and trust, <laughs> simply stand and trust on this, that they said their word, and we have to be saved. So she's looking out the window as these people are getting ready to come in. Now we're going to go to 610. Now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice because God had told him all this before. So now he's proclaiming it to the people. And aren't you thankful we can go to Jesus now on our own? Oh my gosh. To have to rely on another man, look out. That wouldn't be fun. So now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice. Now shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to shout. Then you shall shout. So they rose in the early in the morning, and they go. So Okay, so she's got this window. Here they come. Okay, first day, they marched around the city once, and then they camp. Really? I mean, you had to be on 10 anyhow. Okay, so days two through six, they did this. Days two through six. I just think she had to simply stand and never doubt that that scarlet cord was in her window. Window, you have to stay in here. You have to come back. Don't go out because they're right there. They're right there. We don't know when. We don't know how. And that's hard. But we, we have to do this thing. So they're watching. So outside going on, the seventh day, here we are. It came. We're going to go to 616. And the seventh time it happened when the police, priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction. It and all who are in it, only Rahab, the harlot, shall live. She and all who are with her in the house. Now he didn't say her mother, her father, her brother, her sisters, because they gave her specific instructions. If you're not in there, we, we don't care. So he didn't specifically, he said, whoever's there, um, because she hid the messengers that sent. So then we're going to skip down to 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shout with a great shout that the wall fell down. She lived on the wall, but she had the scarlet cord. She was simply trusting and never doubting that that scarlet cord and what they told her, her family, she kept them there. She was safe. Okay, so they go in and they went into the harlot's house. Oh, 22. But Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house, bring out the woman and all that she has. Okay, as you swore to her, and they went in, and they did bring out her father, her mother, her brothers, and all she had. By her simply standing on that cord, her family believed that. So I want you, and Joshua, let's go to 25, and Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day. She was not an Israelite, but she heard, and she heard, 
and she heard and she knew and she had something to stand on. She wanted something from them that this God that she heard about, she was going to come out. Now, here comes a really fun part. I want you to go with me to Matthew 1 real quick. I'm going to start 1-1. No, yeah. Sorry, went a little too far. All right. This says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now skip down to five. I'm just going to say it how it sounds. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot King David because she believed in that God. She believed in that word. She simply trusted and never doubted. She is in the genealogy of Jesus Christ our Lord. Esther, had she not knew who her God was, the whole Jewish nation would have been wiped out in that moment. Our Bible would read completely different. Um, a people, because they stood, they simply trusted and never doubted that they heard and they knew who their God was. I just love that. And then today, as you're looking at every, I don't know about you, I should let you interject now. Um, when you see, when you're reading a, a book of the Bible, see who's writing it. And this has just opened up my eyes so much. See what they're standing on. See what they're simply trusting and never doubting. And those words are coming into your heart so that you can simply trust and you can never doubt. I love that. I just, it's just opened up so much, you know, because it tells us that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. What more do you need to stand? You know, it may, may seem like your world's crum crumbling around you. It may seem like all this stuff. When you get a word, stand. I'm uh, going to share a quick little story that it, I'm going to do it real fast. I, something came into our lives, and it was a human being, and it knocked me for a loop. It was like 17 years ago, but I did not think I was going to be able to stand up again. And um, the first day, I mean, I would sit in the dark, and I'd have to go to work, and it just... I didn't know what I was going to do. Day three, I didn't blame God, but I couldn't pray and I couldn't pull that scripture up out of there. But because I had been in the word, like you said, I loved that, where you said, if you're waiting to come to church this day to have, this is the only God you're getting, when this situation comes, it's going to be harder for you. But I was down for the count, and I have a wonderful husband who helped, but because I believe all the time of praying in the Holy Ghost, and I believe all the scriptures that I put in there, um, day three came, I was laying on the floor, and I was listening to music, and it, this was not a mean voice, but it might sound it when I come with help, but it was, get up, just like King David, go wash your face, get moving. You laying on that floor and not, I love this voice thing that we hear, by you not using your voice and simply trusting and never doubting, that person in this situation isn't going to change. So get up and get a going. And I did. And I will tell you, I stood for, it took four years, but there was, we would go to church and I would every Sunday, I would save, Saturday night I guess, I would save a seat right beside me. Four years. It could have looked like nothing was happening. It could have looked as my walls were crumbling down or my people were going to be destroyed. It could have looked bad. But I had scriptures. I, um, Isaiah 54 and Psalms 1. You know, I wasn't doing my devotion, 
But that day I just started reading, just started opening the Bible, and he gave these to me. He will give them to you as you're just in there. And four years it took, when they, they were sitting right beside me, and that situation turned just like that and has never come back to bite us in any way, shape, or form. Praise God. So, but I love how you brought that out. Um, I was uh, talking to someone the other day, and we were talking about the responsibility of a call. And there's a difference between a calling that you decide you want to do with your life and a calling that God puts on your life. And when I decide I want to do something, if I decided I wanted to be a zookeeper, I would not do very good at being a zookeeper because <laughs> it would be a burden because I don't know anything about it. But whenever you have the call of God and you know that you're walking in what he's called, to, called you to do, it's easy. Yeah. And it's so easy. That doesn't mean it's not going to have points of pain. But there's something about when I get up here on Sunday mornings to lead worship, even on days when it's hard, it's easy. Because there's something about God's burden that's not a burden. And that's, I, I'm sure I that, that Esther felt that way. She was like, this is hard. <laughs> but she knew she was called. Yeah. And it made it easier. It made her, <laughs> literally she couldn't question who God was because if she did, everything was going to change. And the same with Rahab. She couldn't question yeah. it because her family would die if she let them go outside. Yeah. So there's just something about recognizing that when you're walking in the will of God. Yeah. He makes it easy. Yeah. And you know, Ephesians 6 is so real in all of this because they did everything they could to stand. And when they couldn't do any more to stand, they had to stand. They had to simply trust yeah. and never doubt. They, it was just at that point. So we want to encourage you today that sometimes you, God will always give you a word. And it could even come through a person. Make sure it always lines up. Um, but once you get that word, um, don't keep like having more people pray for you for it. Yeah. Um, don't keep, you know, they each had words and they were standing on them. They weren't letting anybody, they believed it. You can have people in agreement with you. You know, Mordecai and whatever, that, they were in agreement with her. You know, and Joshua and the two spies were actually in agreement with her. You know, because they, had, they, they were gonna help her and they were, this was gonna happen if she did what they said. But I believe if he's given you a word, hold on to it. Don't ever let it go because a Jewish nation would have been lost yeah. and she wouldn't be in the line of Jesus. I'd love that. So anyhow, do you have more to share from your hearts? I just think it's so cool how one person's call can influence an entire I, people group. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like that so that's just so true. cool. Like yeah. whenever you walk in what he's called you to do, it's influencing more people than yes. you can even imagine. Yes. Yes. Would she have any idea, Esther, when she was growing up that she was going to save her Jewish nation? You know, and to be so freaked, and we had talked about this, you know, when you go and um, you're, she knew she was going to have to go to the king, and there are girls who already went to the king, and when they come back out, you know, girls, I mean, come on, we like to, you know, we were pink, and we like to talk, and so they're hearing all these stories, and that had to be freaky for her in itself, because you're going to the king for one purpose. Oh, yikes. But you can almost see her maturity then, because she comes back out, and then she's going to go to the king. And if she died, she died, but she was standing for her people. Yeah. You know, and Rahab had been in the world. <laughs> and uh, she didn't want that anymore. You know, she didn't want that anymore. And she wanted to be on the God's side. And I just think we can stand for our family even in that when you see them 
when they just don't look like they're heading in the right direction, you know, get a, get a word. Start speaking over them. It's their choice. I get that. But as the Holy Spirit softens their heart, you know, so we kind of want to encourage you that if you... We're only gonna take a couple minutes with this, but if you have something you're standing on, if you have a situation that you don't know what to stand on, that you just need somebody maybe to get a scripture for you, to help you with the scripture, if you just, if you need any of that, we want to agree with you or we want to be here. You can talk, if you're not comfortable coming up front, you can talk to any of the leadership people. We'll pray with you, we'll get you a scripture. But if you want to come forward and have us agree with you in something or pray with you in something or even if you don't know Jesus Christ and you have no idea what we're even talking about being able to stand on his word um, we normally don't have you come from but if you want to come down or if you're online call into the church tomorrow and tell somebody you asked Jesus Christ into your heart because that's the only way you can stand and I encourage you as I know you're in the word on a daily basis and I love that and I am too and if you miss a day you do but get built up because he doesn't promise you um, perfectness. And I'm so thankful that, you know, for parents who brought me to church so that when I got down, he brought us back up. So your world can crumble because she lived on the wall. I don't know why that just still amazes me. The woman lived on the wall. And can you picture all that crumbling around her? And she still stood. She still had that scarlet cord. And she knew that was going to be her. She was going to come safe. And she was going to get on the God side of life, you know? I just love that. One more thing. Um, we talk a lot about what you're called to do and standing on something. And with that, I think some of us don't know what we're called to do. Yeah. And I was just talking to the Lord, and he said, you have a personal call, but there's also a general call. So if you're in a season of, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, he says in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So even if you don't feel like you know what you're called to do, even if you don't, if you, even if you feel like you're in a season where God's not moving in the way you want him to move, know that you have a call to go and make disciples Amen. and bring people to him because that's going to be a call that is on your life no matter where you're at, no matter how old you are, and no matter what season of life you're in. That's true. So if you want to come down and we'll pray for you. If not, we're just going to keep on ahead and on. Um, we'll just give you a couple minutes, but we do want to encourage you even after this, come see us if you just need anything or 10 months down the road if you need anything. Praise God. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.